reasons why meeting my birth family after they put me up for adoption was worth it. Life's just turned the bottle in my head and feeling dizzy, but you never fucking listen. Gotta jump to your conclusions. I've been okay. Well, that little curse word. Hi <laughs> guys, uh, welcome. You are watching on the town, and I am your host Tanya. Uh, this week, um, do you know where you come from? How can DNA help you find your tribe? If you're a foster youth adopted, or you're looking for a sibling that was adopted or just looking for your family roots or health reasons. Our guest tonight is the founder and CEO of Graith Foundation. She has over 20 years as a professional genealogist and family history researcher. For three seasons, she was a researcher for TLC's Long Lost Family, and is currently the co-host for The Triad, a podcast dedicated to providing a forum for all members in the triad of adoption. Please welcome Miss Shelby Walker. Hi. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I love that scarf of yours, by the way. Oh, uh, thank you. <laughs> so, so, so first up, how did you get into genealogy and helping others find family? So uh, it's interesting. Everybody always asks me this question and I kind of go back and forth answer um, in terms of chronology. But I really think my interest in learning about people's history started in fifth grade. Oh. Um, I, I was sitting in Mrs. Martin's fifth grade class. And at the time uh, we were playing the she was playing those black and white movies from the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching them and wondering what happened to the people who were behind all of the dignitaries on the Edmund Pettus Bridge or what happened to the man who was being chased by dogs or what happened to the woman who was hosed with the water hose because it would always cut to the I have a dream speech or they would start talking about Rosa Parks and I knew their stories because there are books about them but there aren't books about those regular old people who were just part of history and so it really was peak then I didn't know it but that's when it started um, fast forward, I, I practiced law for a while and was working in the criminal division um, for the United States Attorney's Office. And I was really always interested in how defendants became defendants because nobody looks into a crib and says, I can't wait for my son or daughter to be a defendant in federal court. Right. There's a fork in the road. There's something that happened. So I was always really interested in people's backstories. Mm -hmm. And when I left my post there, I started Great Foundation years before, but I started it formally. Um, and really just started digging into the lives of, of people um, and helping adult adoptees and, and folks find their roots. That is amazing. And so when it comes to genealogy, um, can you explain for my viewers, uh, what, what is genealogy and DNA studies? What is that? Yeah, so genealogy is really the study of your family history. It's looking at your ancestral roots and determining a lot of different things. Sometimes it can determine your, your lineage, sometimes your ethnicity, sometimes it's your immigration story. Um, and for adult adoptees, sometimes it's like finding out whose eyes you have or why you stand the way you stand or why you have a particular propensity to illness. Um, so genealogy is really a very broad, broad brush um, that really looks at just people's life history and their family history. Absolutely. And then the, study of, the study of DNA is really like a new incarnation. I'd say new in the last 20 years or so, mm -hmm. where um, these commercial DNA sites like Ancestry and 23andMe mm -hmm. uh, test your DNA and they bounce it off or they compare it to other people who've contributed their DNA to okay. determine your lineage or perhaps your family family history. Oh, that is amazing. I, I did a, did a few of them. I love them. Uh, what what um what are some other important reasons that people um, do DNA um, besides to find their tribe or health reasons? Yeah. So with one of the, the largest area of my practice is really about adult adoptees locating biological families mm -hmm. um, and, and certainly also with emancipated foster youth trying mm -hmm. to find linkages and connections to their family. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time I'll talk about uh, the emancipated foster youth um, first. Oftentimes, their their link to their family is only that which is in a file, right? It's the stuff that you learn about in the documents. It's an arm's distance relationship with your family, where 
uh, when you do DNA, you can really discover roots. You can discover more about your lineage. You'll find cousins and you'll find stories and family trees that mm -hmm. extend far beyond just the people that are in the file that social services has, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not the totality of your story. Mm -hmm. Same thing with adult adoptees. Adult adoptees have no knowledge for all intents and purposes of who they come from. Mm -hmm. So DNA really helps to foster location of their biological families, if not biological parents, but certainly biological family members. Um, and so that's really the benefit for those two practices, those two areas. The third part is really about family history, people who know their biology, biology and their biological families, but are just seeking to build their family tree to learn about their ancestors, who they are, who they come from, where they started, you know, and that's the beauty of what we do at Grave. We use all of these tools, data and DNA to kind of bring those things together for each each part. Right. See, uh, that's I think it's amazing. I I did it because uh, I have a brother that I've been looking for forever. Um, so yeah, three years old, Mark, uh, and who was adopted to a family in Elmsford. Uh, and, right. uh, and someone Paul statue. Uh, what is that? The Paul, Paul Bunyan Bunyan statue. I remember it. I'm on it. I told you I was on it. Right, <laughs> you're on it. Um, yeah. So it was weird because uh, I saw this documentary where these twins and triplets were being separated and then not growing up right next to each other. They had no clue until yeah. they went to school or started dating, yeah. uh, which was weird. So I was like, "Whoa, I want to know." Because and I had a policy like I never dated light skinned guys that were redhead, freckleish looking because not because I was yeah. racist all the time, but because. Could be my brother. Could be your uh, brother. Yeah, no one could figure that out. They were like, "Why? Why don't you date light skinned guys?" I was like, "Cause it could be my brother. I don't know." Uh, sure. And he grew up like I think that's like twelve mile, fifteen miles from me. Fifteen, very 18. close. Yeah. yeah, very close. So I think it's important. I think it's important to know because when you have kids, and let's say you're in the next town, and this often happened, I think, um, in slavery, where they would take the, a family of five and split them all off on different right. plantations right next to each other. So if you That's were right. a baby, you would never know about your baby sister on the other plantation right. or your baby brother. So it's likely that you'd end up dating because everybody right. has a dating life, even in tra tra you know tragedy. Um, yeah. So that's why I think it's crucial so that you don't end up dating your sibling. Um, <laughs> and you just, you just need to know, like sometimes, like the girl in the video, yeah. But just finding out where I came from and the fact that she found also that her parents did not want to give her away. They had no, right. no option. Uh, that alone helped solve her abandonment issues. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Everyone deserves to know who they come from. Yes. And for a mirror, you know, I always tell my clients, you're, you know, people, I, I believe that people are inherently good. I really do. Yeah. I think people make really bad decisions or they make really difficult decisions based upon where their station in life is. Right. So I never really have any judgment as it relates to people who do th certain things because nothing happens for no reason. Absolutely. Right. So everybody, there's a there's a story behind everybody's story. Mm -hmm. So when you're able to make those discoveries for adult adoptees or for emancipated or anyone who's just in search, mm -hmm. it really is cathartic. It helps to explain. It doesn't change situations, but it definitely you know helps to explain things. If nothing more, it's like mm -hmm. this is the reason I have brown eyes and not blue. Right. Exactly. I mean, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes it's enough. And yeah. everybody deserves that right to know who they come from. Yes, absolutely. Now, are there any laws that have changed recently? Do you know um, as far as adoption? Because like my, there's someone pointed out, my brother may absolutely not know. It happened at three years old. So we remember him, but he might. They told me, too. We were going to say get him adopted because he's young enough to forget about you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. Adoption, you know, in the last 50 years has evolved and changed and shifted. And there's still a lot of work to be done in the adoption community. The conventional wisdom 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago was that you don't tell adoptees that they're adopted. Right. And what I've discovered is that people who find out after the fact, after people have deceased or they find out, quote, accidentally when they clean out mom's house or they find documents, yes. it is traumatic yeah, and it's tragic. And so now the conventional wisdom is you talk about it, right. you talk about it, because then that removes all of this unwarranted shame and and ickiness as it relates to adoption is a beautiful institution right. done well, done respectfully for all parts of the triad. It's a beautiful institution. But when you layer on this hiding shame thing on top of it, it changes the narrative. And so now that's not the way it is anymore. I know New York in the last couple of years has opened up uh, the opportunity for adoptees to get their original birth certificates. Yes. Legislation passed. That's humongous. It's humongous. 
What happens with adoptees is that sometimes when they don't have access to those records, it feels like you're just an island. Like somebody just dropped you into the middle of nowhere and you have no roots or no lineage. And oh, by the way, you should just be happy about that because you were adopted. Right. And that's just not fair. It's not right. And, you know, in, in talking to a lot of my clients, it really is, it's tragic yeah. um, that they, they should have, they, they're moved to believe that they should have that mindset. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's really what it's about for me. Um, in terms of other legislation, each jurisdiction is different. Every state is different. Um, some people have access, some people don't. It just depends on when you're born. Sometimes it's a court order, which is like an act of God to get. And, <laughs> right? Most times they come to people like me who can do the research. And, you know, I've even had clients come to me with full birth certificates only to discover through DNA that what's on the birth certificate is completely false. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people are finding out a lot of things like they have uh, half siblings like I found. Um, from my father's side, um, they're, they're finding I, uh, one girl. I felt bad for her. Uh, she found out that uh, she was the product of, let's say, not wanted. Uh, yeah. You know, father yeah. was not a good guy. Um, sure. So you find out things, but I always say face it head on because it's Absolutely. better to know and put it in a compartment than to not know and be a mess. And then you know, everyone like I thought it was just fosters that felt like. Well, fosters who don't have family. So there's some yeah. fosters who actually interact a little bit, but I had no one interacting with at the time. Um, mm. So I was felt like an alien and I wrote it in my yes. book. I used to feel like an alien, like, okay, who do we belong to? And I'd see all my neighbors and everybody say, that's my cousin, that's my aunt, and that's yeah. my son. And I'd yeah. look at everybody and be like, we don't look like them, do we? <laughs> nope, not our right. tribe. Right. And so it was weird, but it was nice when I found my family. It was unfortunate under the circumstances my mom was in a coma. That's how I was able to see her again by oh, state law. Wow. You know, sure. when you give up your rights, the only yeah, uh, that's right. yeah, you're only allowed to see them if uh, they're in a coma or deceased. Um, so, but it was a blessing in disguise because it I got crazy. By the way, let me just say that out there. That's uh, nuts, but whatever. No, because they might be in a better space now that they could have actually taken me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. But it's okay. I I just like doing it and finding them because um, it it did help me have a little closure. And to feel like, um, yeah, I do look like somebody or, you know, like I have one of my cousins, I think we look dead, dead on like alike. Uh, we shouldn't even be second cousins. We should be like first cousins or half siblings because we look that much That's alike. Amazing. But it was nice to see that because before that, I'd just be in the classroom and they'd be like, all right, bring in your baby pictures. And I'd be like, oh, ain't got none of them. Uh, no, yeah, no. bring in your family day or your family. And I'd be like, oh, can't do that. So can't do that. Yeah. And people don't realize how big of a deal that is, right? They don't understand the gravity of it. I always tell my clients that the truth may not make you happy, the right. truth may not make you whole, but the truth will make you free. Absolutely. That's just what it is. And, and you know, for all of our clients that are looking to become whole mm -hmm. or that this church is going to make them happy, mm -hmm. it's not. That's, it can't do that. What it can do is free you from guessing. It can free you from the wonder. It can free you from looking down the street and wondering, is that her? Is that him? It frees you from that burden, but it also opens up a brand new reality for you. Mm. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing. You know, I would say that when we make locations for, for our clients, they think that the chapter is closed. Right. It's actually not. It's just opening. It's a mm. brand new chapter that you get to open up. So it's, I love, I love the work. I, I know. I see that you really enjoy doing it. And that's what makes it, it became fun instead of before it'd be like, oh gosh, I got to get somebody to help me find my brother. Cause I always felt like an impending doom, like yes. I'm going to get bad news, but I feel psyched about it. And when I met you, I was like, yeah, we can do this. Let's, let's go for it. We're working real hard. It's a tough one, but it's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's worth it, right? It's worth it. It's and like you said, he may not even know. I've had many adoptee who didn't know they were adopted. I, I just had a case um, about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, mm -hmm. a set of biological parents who were in search of their biological son. They had gotten pregnant when they were teenagers and wanted to find him. And so I located him, but I never, so I'm very cautious of how I approach of course. certain situations. So for that particular case, I didn't directly go to the adoptee. Right. I went to his parents because they know he was adopted, but he uh, may not know. Uh, so, so I went directly oh. then to them. Hey, biological parents are in search, right? Nice. nice. Yeah, that was, and they, that was very nice of you. Yeah, well, it's you know that's the other part of it. Um, it, it. There, there are regulations, there are ethics that are involved with genealogy and doing this work. But I probably hypercorrect it okay. uh, because I know that there's real people's lives at stake here. This is yeah, not for so. games. This is real stuff. And so after 20 years of making some mistakes and kind of ebbs and flows with it. Mm -hmm. um, I am, I'm very cautious and very conscious of how I approach every situation.
oh. in every every location. And even with my clients, I try to keep them apprised on how things are going because it's it's a waiting. You know, it's a waiting. <laughs> it's so hard to wait, right? Yeah. So yeah. I have to do it in a very ethical manner. Nice. And uh, um, what what are um, some of the the things that the Graith Foundation does? So we do a lot of research, right? I have five genealogists that work on our team and they are working diligently on all, I don't even, I think we have 32 cases right now under our, right now for, for that are being worked. Okay. One just fell off yesterday, which is great. And I had a final interview this morning, so it was amazing. Um, and then we also do a lot of education. We do a lot of workshops and seminars with people who are in search of their biological roots and some people who are just trying to build their family trees. Um, we are starting a brand new, um, arm. It's not necessarily a great foundation, but it's a brand new arm that I'm working on called Circle Square. Hello, okay. Circle Square Solutions. And that is a, um, it's it's a ghost writing and editing service for, for people who want to tell their stories, right? So a lot of my clients write books after we do this research mm -hmm. and after they pick their locations and they didn't have an opportunity or option to find somebody to help them write it. Who better mm -hmm. to help them than the person to help to do the research, right? I kind of know the stories inside and out. So Circle Square is starting up. Um, but yeah, a lot of his education, a lot of things like this to kind of get the word out because people don't know people like I exist. Right. They don't know do what we do. Um, yeah. And so here I am. <laughs> yeah, I only found you because I have a cousin. Uh, shout out to Christopher, uh, yeah. who uh, who's uh, who's doing genealogy, and uh, he's helped put me on the path because before that I was I was like I don't know what I'm doing, and he was like Why don't you just do the DNA? And I did it, and then I found all of my grandfather's people, which. Go, yeah, I remember I left foster care at uh, I went in like five years old. So my last wow. memory of my grandfather, I thought my grandfather was white until I did the DNA and said, Oh, wow. this father had somebody in there and somebody's, you know, somebody's whatever. So I now see that was an, not an illusion, but you know, he had other stuff. Uh, sure. So I would have never known that. And no one else knew anything about my grandfather's family, including when yeah. my grandfather was alive. You know, she had told me some things like, oh, you know, you have family in England, you have family here, but in Paris, because I, I was going to Paris and she was like, oh, you have family there, whatever. So that was interesting to find out. Um, but doing that DNA yeah. set, set it all together and made it a nice picture. I see pictures of some family members. Like, it's great. Really great. It's a beautiful experience if you have the opportunity to do it yeah. in that you learn so much about yourself, but you really get interested in the stories behind those numbers, right? So there's percentages those 60% Nigerian or 30% European or 15% Asian American. It's like, there, there are real people behind those, those numbers. Yes. And so it's that it's, it's finding out your, your culture, your, your ethnicity, yes. but then it's like a step further, like recapturing those names and places and faces that have been lost in history. Yes. Those are the shoulders we stand on. I, I, when I do interviews like this, I always, I'm always on this wall. Uh -huh. And this wall is like a lot, it's a wall of pictures of my husband and I, the, our parents. And when they were little, the little, little boy, I don't know which one, that's my father when he was like five, right? That's my mom in high school. That's my wow. uncle and my grandfather. And those are my, so I, I sit behind this wall in front of this wall because these are, this is it. This is what I stand on. But for them, there's no me, right? And so I have the benefit of knowing, and I think it's important that everybody has the able to to have the benefit of knowing who their ancestors are, every single one of them, as much as we can. Right. As so, much as we can. So if someone wanted to donate to the Grace Foundation, they just go to your website, right? They do. Um, There's a contribution button right there on the top of the site. Yep. And yeah, we we don't charge for our services. We have a $100 application fee for our adult adoptees, but there's waivers that are available for those who can't afford it. Mm -hmm. um, and I really am, you know, I I get I kind of get beaten up a little bit, right? Because people think you should be charging for this work. You should be, you know, but I didn't have to pay to know who I came from. Okay. Those people right there, right. <laughs> wherever they are, right there, those are my mom and my dad. Right. My mom carried me for nine months and I am my parents' child. I didn't have to pay to get that information. Right. And I don't think anybody else should have to bankrupt themselves right. to find that information out either. I know there are a lot of researchers out there that charge a lot of money. Yeah, $2,000. One, one said, I can do it for, twenty. I think, $2,500. Uh, and I yeah. was like, uh, next life, because it won't be this one. <laughs> right. And I used to. Yeah. Yeah. I used to charge $1,000. Right. And I, I did it probably for a year. And I just, it, you know, it, it just never felt right. So I said, I'm done. I'm not going to do that. And then here's the thing. I don't want you to have to make the decision between groceries 
and knowing who your people are. Like that doesn't make any sense to me, exactly. right? So I we operate strictly on donations and our application fee, which helps us to continue our databases. But if you donate, you help so many other people, right. so many other people with their search. Exactly. I mean, so, yeah. we even donate, we even donate DNA tests because some people can't afford the $59 ancestry test. So we have donations wow. for people gift a kit, gift, wow. gift a kit. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I didn't know that. Cause I was just going to ask you, um, what are some of the best sites to test with? Um, cause they keep, yeah. your, some of them keep your DNA. So it's kind of, uh, they do. But, so there's opt out for all of them. Everything oh. is opt out. Yeah. There's, there's you're kind of hidden in the terms and conditions, but you can opt out of that sharing DNA thing in terms oh. of like law enforcement and things of that sort. But okay. in terms of the, the, the amount of usership. So remember that whenever you're submitting your DNA to a site, they're mm -hmm. not looking through a microscope and seeing anything other than a bunch of O's and X's and junk, right? It's just yeah. stuff. They can't say you're black, you're white, you're this, you're that, you're male or female. They can't oh. do that, right? Oh, Right. So what they do is they compare that to all right. the other users that are on those sites. Okay. So, for example, when you look at your cousins, mm -hmm. it's because all you know from your 23andMe, all of those people have submitted DNA and they're just bouncing that DNA off of all 10 million users that they have on Ancestry or 12 million on Ancestry and 12 million on 23andMe. So the more when we talk about our adult adoptees, we like them to test on both sites because if you've tested on Ancestry, Mm -hmm. And all you've tested is on Ancestry, but then 23andMe has cousins that would not have been associated with Ancestry. You'll never see them. Oh. So we like to test on those both sites because you get more bang for your buck. So now there may be, yeah, there's more, du there's duplication because some people test on both. But right. if you test one, it doesn't just, it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be hitting on right. the other. Unless so you, you went to GEDmatch. Exactly. And then... If you do GEDmatch, then all of those people have to submit their DNA on GEDmatch as well. Oh, is that how it works? I thought it would yeah. just ramp. Oh, okay, that makes sense for safety and security reasons. Okay, that indeed, makes a lot of sense. Indeed. I kept indeed. saying, nobody, I keep finding the same people. Like I found my brother on all sites. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, we were like, let's just do two. And then I was like, I'm going to do a third one. So just yeah. because, I was like, how could I go wrong? You know? That's uh, right. It's interesting the things I'm finding at each. I thought my heritage gave a more breakdown. So, yeah. so uh, um, ancestry would say if they would say like Asian and Southeast Asian, you're like, okay, where the, where is that? At? I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But my heritage would say Chinese and Vietnamese or Filipino, or whatever it is. They'll break it down or African. What part of Africa? Not just Congo or just right. um, they'll say Nigerian. Well, they'll give specifics um, on my heritage versus ancestry will tell you. But they'll say um, some 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 part. Of, they'll say I forgot how they say Africa. This even Sub-Saharan or West, West or, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus yeah. Ethiopian, Somalian, yeah. Kenyan, yeah. and, and like yes. yeah. I need a breakdown, like please, you know. Right. So, I, so right. It's good. Yeah. Right. I think and, my, and African heritage is a really good testing site too because they break it down oh. even further. Oh, they get really? real tight with tribe. Right. Yeah. African. I'm gonna write it in the chat. African ancestry, their tests are more expensive, but they are drilled way drilled down. And they don't, the, the reason they're more expensive from what I understand is because there is no opt out there. They do not sell DNA at all. Period. The end. I wish I would have known that. Yeah. Wow. wow. And they just recently, um, I want to say about maybe last year or so, they just recently started like a payment process where you do like $25 a month if you do it. Cause I think their tests are like 300 bucks. They're oh. a little more but it drills you down even further into tribe. See, if you're that's interested. what I want. That's what Indeed. I want. And yeah. for African-Americans, you know, for us, it's really difficult because right. there is a point in history where right. we cease being human beings, mm -hmm. right? We are property. And so what happens when you look at those slave schedules, you look at somebody's will or probate records, yeah. we just disappear into numbers. And yeah. so there's a break between kind of current, if you will, history, which right. I think really was current, but yet and still. Um, right. And then, you know, what you can get tribe wives through African ancestry. And it's unfortunate because our lines for a lot of African-American people, they just die four five, well, six generations in and on the African side. Now your European side. Exactly. You know what you're yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay. Israel. Like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. They'll go on Scotland. Right. Like, cool. right. 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 You know, That's it, right. African is like, can you, 
break it down to the region, please. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, that's really what it is. Yeah, that's what it ends up being. Well, you yep. know what I think that's from? And please tell me if I'm wrong. This is my guess. And this is just a yeah. guess. Um, and it may not even be an educated guess. But I just feel like it's a great, I think whoever started this knew that um, people would eventually be trying to figure how to file reparations. And with they have proof, if I have proof, right, that I came off yeah. of Johnson's plantation in the South in 1654, I'm making that up, 1554, yeah. every year, right? Now, what yeah. are you going to tell me when I tell you I can prove that the Johnson family still has that money? So yeah. I think there's somewhere there's a disconnect because we don't really want you knowing too much, you know, that's well, just me. And knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. When you know, and this is something I teach in my, my genealogy 101 class to a lot of young people, and that is that when you know who you come from, you are empowered. Yes. You are empowered when you know that these are the shoulders you stand on for African-American kids and for kids in general, but particularly for African-American kids. Yes. It's by design that our history has been ripped from us. Yes. That was by design. Yes. It wasn't by yes. accident. Mm -hmm. It was by design because they realized that when we have power of knowledge, Yes. there's something that happens. That's why they didn't want us to read nor write. They didn't want to have us any an education at all. They wanted to keep people very lim limited in their scope because yes. once black people do something, we go 110% with it, right? <laughs> right. Yep. So in terms of your history, and that's why it's really important, really important for black children to know who they come from. We are not just the things that are within arm's distance of us. Yep. If, your, if your ancestors can survive the middle passage, mm -hmm survive the atrocities of slavery, survive reconstruction, survive the civil rights movement and actually survive what's happening today. Uh, you come from miraculous people, yes. miraculous. And it shouldn't happen. Mm. Just, just on the surface, it just shouldn't happen. Yeah. So the fact that we're still here as black people, mm -hmm. it changes you. Now, here's what makes it, it turns it even more, it turns the fire even higher on it. Go when ahead. you can see your ancestor, mm -hmm. When you can name him, mm. changes everything. See, then it's not, it's not just words in a history book. It's your blood. It's my blood. That's my blood. Right. And I know what he did so that I could be here. It changes mm -hmm. everything. That's Absolutely. the reason why we do this, this work, not just with adoptees or emancipate, with everybody. When you can find the richness right. and you, you, you identify the shoulders that you stand on, mm -hmm changes who you are. Absolutely. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why, in my opinion, uh, some of my island friends are way more confident than than American, uh, African-Americans, like especially my Barbadians. Woohoo, shout out to my Barbadians. Uh, <laughs> they just have this sassy attitude like, yeah, you know, this is the way it is. And it's less, less matter-of-factly, happy-go-lucky. And I think even though they have their history in Barbados, we know there's a lot of stuff in, in, yes. in white Maybe yes. you own it, so we know that part. But the fact that they they see themselves all the time, you know, uh, I really think that helps. Uh, so when you grow up, you don't have this complex until you get to America uh, and yeah. realize, whoa, wait a minute, what? I am different. Oh, I thought I was spectacular. So now I'm spectacular, uh -oh. but they don't know it. So I now think I lost you. Oh, okay, yeah, you're frozen, but I hear you. I can you see me? Hello. Okay, guys, we lost Shelby for a minute. Let's see. Let's see if we can get her back. You want me to bring you back in the room, Shelby? Let's see. Uh, come back in the room. Uh, let's see. Shelby? Okay, she's going to come back, guys, in a minute. Sorry about that. Uh, my next question for her was, um, had there been a time where they, she had not bounced someone? So let's see if she's going to come back in the room. Let's see. Shelby? Back. I'm back. I'm back. I don't know what oh, happened. Yes. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but um, it happens sometimes with StreamYard. I'm not sure what the deal is, uh, but thank you. So so um, has there ever been a time that you did not find someone? Uh, what does that usually mean, if so? Yeah, so I've had about 1,500 cases. I have about a 95% success rate, okay. and that 5% is the thing that sits on my shoulder every day mm. uh, because sometimes people just can't be found period, for whatever reason. Right. Facts aren't right, not enough relatives on DNA matches. Uh, name a reason, right? So I always say this work is divine. If God wants me to find these people, it's gonna be found. There's nothing I can do about it, right? And as much effort as I put forth to try, sometimes it's just not enough and it drives me insane. Um, 
so yeah, there are several cases, probably, I mean, I can't even tell you, probably 50 cases that I haven't been able to solve. Okay. The interesting thing about things that not, are not solved, I never abandon them okay. because it could take one DNA match that changes the whole game, yes. right? Or one piece of information that somebody says, you know, I had this in my, my back pocket and I didn't think it was important. And it's like the thing wow. that I need, right? So yeah, it, it, just, it just determines every, it d- depends every day. It's something different. I've had cases where people brought me nothing hmm. and I'm able to find in 30 minutes. And then I have people who bring me full files, can't find anything. Right. I guess it, yeah, it is the luck of the draw. Oh, it wow. Really is. Wow. Uh, yeah. any, any unusual reason why someone searched for a family besides the health or to find a sibling or a kid that they adopted off? Everybody always comes to me with the safe answer. And the safe answer is I just want medical history. (laughs) And I'm astute enough to know that it's probably more than that. Some people, that's all they want, right? But it's safe because that keeps you insulated from having like, I want to know what my story is, right? right? So when you say, I just want medical information, it makes, for whatever reason, people think, well, that's just, that's okay. And that should be acceptable. Um, What I've learned is that a lot of people want more than that. Mm-hmm. They want to know their story. They want to know their history. They want to know who their lost family is. They want to know. And yes. they want to know for a myriad of reasons. Sometimes it's, I just want to know because I'm curious. Sometimes right. it's, I was told this story. I just want to make sure or verify it. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's even more deep. I'm tired of walking to the grocery store every day trying to figure out if the checkout lady who has red hair like I do is my mom. Because it's right. nerve wracking. If you don't have a sensibility about who your parents are, everybody or who your child is, everybody could be them. Yes. And that's a huge weight. It's a huge weight. A lot of people, because that's my exact sentiment as a foster kid. Uh, My brother brother and I used to be like, we don't look like nobody in this town. I know. We don't look like usual black people either. I mean, like usually be like, we all look alike. I'm like, nope, we don't. No, we don't. (laughs) My sister is gorgeous and does not look like anybody else that I know, except wow. my first cousin. She looked to me, they look alike. Wow. But, but wow. I didn't know that until I met my first, you know, my well, it's my mom's first cousin. And I yeah. was like, oh my gosh, you look like the older version of my sister or something, you know? So, yeah. but, but in the meantime, it what those were the stories in my head, like, well, I don't know. Could that be my family? That looks like my brother, this redhead, light-skinned kid with freckles. Maybe he could be my brother. Are you adopted? I mean, I literally was asking. Yeah. Yes. Light skinned guy with freckles. And one guy I really think was him because he never answered back. And then he said, wow. I said, did you ever live in Elmsford? Uh, and he said, um, well, I live in Long Island. And I said, well, did you ever live in Elmsford? He goes, I did, but um, a long time ago. And so I was like, that's weird. It was, it's a, my friend literally called me up and says, I think I found your brother. And I was like, where the store that you work at is like, I was working part-time cashiering. And wow. so I, I saw him and I was like, oh my God, that could be him. Just a little bit more of a tan to him yeah, than I would think. Yeah, but yeah, could yeah. Have been. he had the freckles, he had the redhead hair. And I was like, could it be him? I don't know. So I'll never know because he insists that, um, what did he tell me? I said, well, were you adopted? And he's like, he was hesitant. I'm mm. like, well, if you weren't, wouldn't you say no? Well, and that's the other thing is that people feel this, this sense of like shame with adoption for whatever reason, because of the, and I shouldn't say for whatever reason, I know why, because that's what the agencies put on people way back when. I mean, they just did. It was like, shh, don't say say anything. Right. So that just is it's like with everything else in the world, if you keep it quiet, that's where the shame lies. And that's why children are sexually abused and don't say anything. Yeah. And they don't say anything. So it's like, stop with the shame. Enough with the shame. Because there's nothing shameful about adoption. Nothing at all shameful about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and and that's another thing about adoption, too, is that a lot of families um, really have to start stepping up the game. Like, I have one of my friends. She went out of her way because, um, you know, her family's white. Uh, her daughter's half white and half black. Um, so she went out. Of, she goes out of her way, you know, like her godmother's um, black. Um, she does a lot of black history study. Um, mm-hmm. And then she, oh, I think she's going to do a DNA for her family. So she, in case she wants to know who they are, um, sure. when you hide them, you're hiding who that person is. Even if you never talk to them again, it's That's nice. True. If I was going to adopt, I would okay. go get all the information. So when they turn That's in, right. people say, now, if you want to know who your mom is, this is who they are. Now right. they have an idea instead of what? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. Like right. you know, some people and you don't have no idea who like one of my friends was adopted from Russia, unfortunately. 
for like mm-hmm. 20 grand. Uh, so he always will feel like he was bought and paid for. Like he, he's oh. never, but he doesn't know why. I think yeah. probably his family was extremely poor because Russia, you know, the history of Russia, they were probably extremely poor 50 years ago and couldn't afford a kid or must let's feed themselves. And they sure. said, well, $20,000. Okay. I guess I got no choice. Yep. Some families in China too, who, That's who right. didn't want to give up their kids, but they're living way out and they had a requirement of two kids. So they That's had right. no choice. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, I always say, like I, like I said before, that people are inherently good. They make poor decisions, but I really believe this. And I listen, I've heard every scenario you can possibly think of. Mm-hmm. Nothing shocks me anymore. Incest, heard it. Rape, right. heard right. it. Soul, heard it. Like it, And it's not matter of fact, like it doesn't matter. Right. It's just, I realize that the human condition is such that people make really hard decisions. Right. And sometimes those consequences are grave, right? Mm-hmm. They really have an impact on other people's lives. Yeah. But I've never had any client, not one biological parent that I've found mm-hmm. that I've contacted that says, never wanted that kid, hated that kid, wish he would right. die. Right. Never heard it. Right. Now right. I've heard cases where they've said, don't contact me again because my husband doesn't know, or right. don't contact me again because I've not told anyone it was a complete secret to me or for, right. you know, for anybody. But right. I've never heard anyone who just said, never, that kid won't have anything to do with you. Like never had that because I think people make hard decisions and they do the best they can with where they are. Mm. And even if that's not true, it's what yeah. I have to believe based upon a lot of the stories that I've heard. Mm, you know, yeah. and, and, and really it, it's, it's a testament to all of us. We are right. all, we've all been in a position where we have been met with a fork in the road Yes, and absolutely. left changes the trajectory of your life. Right. And some people went left and we got to back it on back and try, <laughs> try to go right, you know, but okay. we've all had that, that time in our life where it could have gone one way or another yes. and it can change everything about you. Right. Yes. So for emancipated youth, for foster, for most human beings, mm-hmm. sometimes those choices were made for you mm-hmm. and that can change your trajectory, but it doesn't have to stay there. It doesn't exactly. have to stay there. The, the issue, however, is you got to know that there's a story. And if you don't know the people, you don't know the story, you can't ever change and pivot to something else. You can't do it. Nope. Absolutely. And I, I agreed a hundred percent. My life changed so much when I found my tribe. Like, even if I, I know, I mean, I actually found thousands of people and I've only <laughs> like, you know, maybe a hundred of them um, yeah. and only like, um, like 20 respond all the time and keep in co- regular family contact, uh, which is fine because yeah. it still just made me feel like, wow. So that's why I have, um, you know, my foreheads this way or. The reunion in Louisiana, it was so nice to see some of my family. And then stuff like I, I used to do backup singing. My daughter sings. I found out my brother's son sings. My other brother, brother, um, the, the other, the same brother, his, uh, his son, son likes to play the drums. So I said, so we're just musically inclined because we have a, a known jazz artist in in Louisiana that's a family member. And then distantly related to uh, what the Winans or something like that. So you know, with that, I I was able to say, wow. So it wasn't just me woke up and just started singing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So it's, I, I love it. I, I, what is the, um, what is the uh, best reunion that you ever had? The next one. The ne- <laughs> I wish I could tell, I literally wish I could tell you like there's one case that just that reunion was whatever. It's the next one. Right. Every single, listen, I, when I was, when I was working with the feds, I met people on their worst day every day. Mm. They were being arraigned or there was a trial or there was like, Every day was a, is, was the worst day of their life because nobody wants to be in court defending themselves and fighting for their freedom. Right. Now I get to meet people on their best days, even if the information wasn't isn't great. Right. Even if it's not amazing, even if your mom's not Oprah. Right. I get to meet you on your best day because you're getting information that you didn't have yesterday. Mm-hmm. So every case, the next case is my favorite one. You know, that's the best reunion because I get to do this every single day of my life and I get to make these discoveries and I get to, I get to show people the shoulders that they stand on. And it's amazing. It's great. I like that. Show people the shoulders they stand on. So any, any advice, I have a couple of people out here who may be looking what, any advice for them? Um, and what's the difference between you and an investigator? It's the same so, thing. 
<laughs> Not really. So private investigators do things that are different. Private investigators will, they, they typically will um, seek out people for criminal history or crimes or child support or a myriad of different things, right? So they do stakeouts. They do, they have concealed weapon carry licenses and they, they look for people for a different purpose. Okay. As a family researcher, I do things a little differently. My job is to locate Mm -hmm. ancestors and family members for adult adoptees, emancipated foster youth, and anybody else who's looking for somebody, right? Okay. And it's specifically for that purpose. We do a lot of, it sounds like counseling a little bit, true, because I have to do a lot of, of, of talking and a lot of mentoring to our clients. Um, okay. But it's a very tender, it's a very tender relationship. And I get to be part of a very intimate space mm -hmm. that a lot of my clients don't let anybody else enter into. In fact, I can't tell you the number of clients who say you're the only person I'm talking to about this because I don't want to tell my parents because I don't want to hurt their feelings or I don't want to tell my sister because she's going to be mad. Um, so I get to be in this very intimate space with them and kind of coach them through what this looks like. Right. And every case is different. Mm -hmm. Every situation is different. Every find is different. But the reality is that the emotions that are, are part of the story or part of the, the person in search are mm -hmm. pretty consistent. There's pretty consistent. So I try to coach them through it. Um, and so, yeah, that's the big difference is that locating a person for the purposes from a private investigator standpoint mm -hmm. is just for that. For me, it's something different. It's locating, but it's also coaching through the process okay. um, of doing that. Mm -hmm. And um, what um, what advice would you uh, give anybody that's watching today? Uh, I, I put your uh, foundation on yeah. that. Contact us. Um, you know, we have our, our telephone number is 562-338-1107. And you can find that on the 562-562. I'm writing as you say. Go ahead. No worries. 338-1107. Give us a call. Go on the website. Uh, check out the application for uh, research that we have out there for our adult adoptees. It's, there's a big button right on the first page. And really for anyone in search, if you're emancipated foster youth, that's the same thing that goes for you. If you're in search of a long lost family member, that's for you. Um, give us a call. Let's talk about your story and let's talk about how, uh, you know, we can help you. Okay. You know, and I, I, people always think they have to bring me tons of information. Right. You don't have to bring me tons of information. Yeah. I've had people who brought nothing literally nothing. I think my name may be, I might have been born in, or mm -hmm. in some instances, you know, I, they told me I was abandoned in a New Jersey apartment building. Mm -hmm. And with, even with that limited amount of information, we've been able to make locations. Wow. So don't think that you have to have this Everything. huge file and you don't need all that. You don't need all that. What you need is what you have, whatever you have, bring it. And then let's talk through it. Um, and, and if you don't think you know the full story, Mm -hmm. You probably will never get the full story. Wow. Have realistic expectations, right? So I always tell my clients, there's this truth, social mm -hmm. services, mm -hmm. truth of biological mom or dad or family, and then mm -hmm. the real truth lies somewhere in the middle. You wow. may not get the whole thing. It, it's talking about these people right here. I don't want to know how I was conceived. Mm. That's just gross to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're not get the whole, I don't want the whole story, right? You want to get that information. And then if they're if they're free and, and they're alive and they're able to communicate with how you were conceived, where you get who your father is, who you're that's the richness. That's the beauty of it. But you may not get every answer that you're seeking. Uh -huh. What we try to do is get you as many answers, mm -hmm. as many answers as possible. Okay. And that's really the objective. Wow. Well, you guys uh, heard it. Uh, we are talking with. This Shelby Walker from the Great Foundation. Uh, if you're searching for family or if you just want to know what tribe you came from for help <laughs> or for fun or just so that your kids know, because if you have kids, it's everything to empower them with this information to me. It's everything. It's it's a big difference walking into a classroom and everyone's saying, yes, well, I'm from Scotland. I'm from Ireland. I'm from Ireland. I'm from this. But and they're like, oh, where are you from? And you're like, um, I'm African American. You're right. like, oh, what is that? Um, well, I'm black. Okay. Well, what is that? It's like, yeah. that's the answer. You need to say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm African-American, um, by way of yes. <laughs> yeah. South Africa or, or wherever, uh, you know, this tribe, whatever tribe there's over a hundred in Africa. So, I mean, that can go on forever. Yeah. Um, you, you need to know those things because it, it's really empowering. I think, especially children. 
Well, and in this season, societally and politically and racially, mm -hmm. in my work, it's so hard to hate. Yes. It's so hard to hate. And the reason is because at some point, we all do this. Exactly. It just is. And that's are, the it's the best, right? You that's see, you see, like, you, know, you can't hate. You can't hate because somewhere in your line, I don't care what you look like. Yep. Somewhere in your line is somebody who looks like me in your line. Thank you. Thank <laughs> and you. someone in my line looks like you in that. So at, at some point it all connects together. And if you know that we are really, we really are more similar than we are different. And people have just made really awful decisions about a lot of really terrible things that have, that have caused tremendous uh, detriment to, to humanity. Mm -hmm. That when you do this work and you start making these discoveries, it changes how you see yourself in the world. It changes. And it doesn't make all of those things not matter right. or all of those atrocities go away, right. but it gives you a better understanding of who you are and how your people operated within that framework. And that in and of itself is empowering. That's everything. Wow. Well, that's a good note to end on. Uh, guys, you have to know your tribe if you can. Um, you, we stand on their backs, so it's important to know who our ancestors are um, and how we're going to help um, advance further if we don't know who they are. So just right. with that note, we'll end on this. We're going to read some of these um, some of these statements and see what I can see here. Um, say hello to guys. Hi, T. Uh, we got uh, Carl, Anthony, Yvonne. Hello. Hi, Yvonne. Hi. Uh, Donna. Yes, she said um, she has two boys that were adopted, um, and, and they're actually white. She's black. Um, so she's working on trying to make sure it's rounded for them. Uh, so let me can I say this really quick? Absolutely. I want you to do this for me. Donna, mm -hmm. I want you to do this for me. Mm -hmm. I want you to contact me because we have a program called Two Trees. Oh. And it's specifically for adopted children mm -hmm. because they have two trees. Yours is just as important as their biological. So let's build those two so that these children get these wonderful rich roots from both sides. It's, it's, it's essential for children. Okay. That's amazing. Yes. So thank you. So Donna, I, I'll talk to her about that. And then yeah. uh, we have Maria um, who said that she grew up in a foster home, very young age. Uh, mom said she, uh, was a, uh, she was a Great baby. Um, yeah. Did do a good experience in foster homes. Um, that, that one's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Maria, but still, it's good to know. You're lucky you know your mom. It really makes a difference, I think. I don't, even if I don't care what the circumstances are, just knowing sometimes gives you a whole nother level of confidence. You know, and I tell my clients all the time, how you got here is none of your business. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know how I got here. That's not my business. Yes. I don't want to know, right? And it doesn't, listen, I, don't, I want people to be very clear. It's yeah. not that I'm negating what happened to her. What I'm saying is that that doesn't define you. Yes. It does not define you. It doesn't, when you're, you know, I have clients who are the products of rapes or incest. Right. That doesn't define you. That's right. just how you got here. Exactly. And by God's grace, you're here. So let's take that. That's the, the member I said inherently good, bad choices, right? Yeah, that doesn't make you who you are. Just like our experiences, they don't define you. Nope, they don't define not. you. What you can do is you take those experiences and you empower yourself, yep. you heal, and then yep. you empower, and yep. then you help somebody else. That's mm. what it's for. Mm. I like the healing part, I love that because absolutely that's everything. I mean, everything we do as human beings should be about healing and doing better because we stand on our ancestors' backs. And for for African Americans, that's a lot of standing. So we have know your to. name, know, it, know their names. Yeah, we have to know who they are. Um, right. and, it, and it also makes their experience, their trauma, um, like you know, we're we're getting aftermath of the trauma, but it makes their trauma that they went through during all those times during slavery. It makes it, um, how do you say, more um, easier to bear because we're doing better and bigger things that we can. So we're. There, Right. There's a T-shirt going around on the Internet that says, I am not my ancestors. And I hate it because oh, I am every bit of my ancestors. <laughs> I honor them. Yeah. I honor them by doing well and reclaiming and recapturing their names. Absolutely. There is no you. There's none of us without them. And so to ignore them, to dismiss them, to to deny them is doing them a disservice. 
Absolutely. You have an obligation to know who these people are. You have an, an ob and you may not get all of their names, but the ones you do, you better honor your ancestors every day of the week. I tell my, I, a lot of foster kids and even in my book, I talk about, um, I wrote a book called, for foster youth called Surviving Foster Care and Making It Work For You. And, mm. and there somewhere I have a piece about, um, you know, what, you know, when tr trauma and, and not getting through it, some people can't get through the so they turn to drugs or alcohol. Yes, yeah. I never did because I felt like I got ancestors who went through way more brutal rapes and abuse and torture sure. and hard and feathered than I can even possibly imagine. So who am I to sit down and say, well, I'm going to give up and I'm just going to get rid of myself. I can't do that. There's no way. Well, and here's the thing. Trauma is trauma is trauma. How you feel it is how you feel it. Here's the deal. Here's the deal with that. Even I said that very early in our conversation, what's in your file mm -hmm. is not your beginning. Yes. <laughs> There's so much more that happened Absolutely. before that file. Absolutely. So if that file is traumatic and awful and terrible, mm -hmm. let's call it what it is. It's traumatic and awful and terrible. But what happened before? Who are these people before that you don't even know who you can feel proud about, who right. you can feel a sense of, of connection with? Right. Who, who are those people? And what happens for our emancipated foster youth is they're relegated mm -hmm. to being defined by those papers. Mm -hmm. And that's not the totality of their story. Wow. Period. It isn't. No, he has so much to the story. It's so much uh, more yeah. that happened before that. Absolutely. And so let's recapture these people, those shoulders, because every single person that's in that file and everything that happened before that file, there was a fork in the road. That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Shelby, for being with us. We really appreciate you and people will be reaching out to you. Um, and I can't wait um, to get uh, to more talk more to you. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, because we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we got exactly. a lot of work. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And I'll be reaching out. So guys, I want to thank you guys, Anthony, Yvonne, uh, everybody that's out there, my sister, everybody, I see you out there. Thank you very much for taking time to listen. Please share this, spread it. Uh, like it, uh, go to YouTube if you missed it and you can watch the rest of it. Um, but I, it's more so not even so much for me and ratings, but more so I'm a big firm believer. I'm giving people information that will help them, you know, so it may not do something for you, but it may do something for someone else. So please share it and, um, and, um, get the word out for, to other people. Cause so many people are searching and have no clue what to do. They they're lo literally lost and it can be kind of depressing for some people, you Absolutely. know, so, so try to, if you can share it, I really appreciate it. And for now, I guess we're signing off and we will see you guys. Um, what What's today? Today's Sunday. I will see you guys again on Thursday. I have two interviews this week. So uh, Thursday, come to town. Yeah, I have Mercedes coming back about a digital magazine. And uh, Friday, I have uh, a local uh, a local uh, rep coming to speak um, about our uh, what's going on in our community. So. Stay tuned, guys, and thank you so much again. I'll see you soon. Shelby, just hang out for one moment. <music>